Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Jamie Gethers. She's an entrepreneur, TEDx speaker, and lover of all things human resources. Jamie, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me, Christopher. I'm glad to be here. So let's dive right in. I had a client one time, he had about 2000 employees and I was asked to help him with strategy and marketing. But one of the things that he always talked to me about was human resources and how challenging it was because literally if it, you have one or two employees, it's, it's already challenging. Maybe you have 2000. And so I just love the word human resources because frankly, a lot of people that are in C-level roles, they don't see humans as a resource. They just see humans as like, oh my gosh, I got to talk to these people and work with these people. And so I'm curious why you talk about how you're a lover of human resources, because it is really challenging, frankly, right? So tell us, tell us why. You know, human resources can be very challenging, but it's also extremely rewarding when it's handled the right way. Um, I believe that human resources is the glue that holds together the employer and the employee in the partnership that is employment. You know, they both need each other and human resources should be there to facilitate conversations, make sure things are running smoothly, make sure expectations are being met. Um, and so that's what I love about human resources. Yeah, and when did you have that realization? I mean, let's say for me as a speaker, I was in college and this, this college student friend of mine complimented me and said how charismatic I was. And, and Jamie, I, I literally didn't even know what charismatic meant. I literally had to just smile and nod and look it up in a dictionary, you know? <laughs> So that was my moment of like, oh, wow, maybe I have some power as a speaker. But for you, was there a moment in your career or maybe you had a bad boss, a good boss? You know, like, tell, tell us about that turning point. I think it was a combination of things. Um, one of the things that I loved, one of the parts I loved about HR was the fact that if someone had an issue, they could come to me and more often than not, I could actually fix it for them. I liked being the fixer. I liked being the one who could reassure people when they were going through difficult times. Um, but what gave me the push to start my business, I was working for a small manufacturer and the CEO of the company, he saw, he felt like giving people an opportunity was him doing something for them. He didn't recognize that he was getting something in return. You know, he's growing this multi-million dollar company and he made it clear to all of his employees that they're all replaceable. He could care less about their personal lives. He could care less about- Why well, he just openly said that though? Yes. Wow. Yeah, he, he would literally tell people, I can replace you anytime there's 10 guys who want your job. Wow. And that's a horrible mindset to go into work every day and think, wow, if I don't do everything just right, my boss is eager to replace me. And working for him was extremely difficult for me because he used human resources as a weapon. Mm. And, you know, it's something that I love and something I'm passionate about. And I decided one day, I said, I, I can't do this. And so I, exit. I just said, I'm, I'm done. I gave him six weeks notice, um, of course, because, you know, you never want to leave anyone hanging despite whatever opinion you have of them. Um, and I offered to find my replacement and train them. And he declined. And I said, okay, I'll leave today. <laughs> and he thought that, and I, I heard later through the grapevine, he thought I was going to come back. And I was 
no. I, that day I decided <laughs> I was going to launch my own business. And uh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just, no, not, not going to happen. And uh, so I started my business the next day. And my first client was actually someone that I worked with through his company. So that's how it began. That's so awesome. Again, you're a perfect example, Jamie, of someone who, again, was dealt a, a hand that you didn't ask for, but you took that and ran with it and went another direction. But that's why the story that you have is, is inspiring. So tell us some of the things that, that you feel that you've, you're like almost like, again, a human resources whisperer in a sense, right? So what are some <laughs> things that you feel you've been able to help some of your clients with relative to their, 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 um, their people, their talent? Well, my target client is someone who has 49 or fewer employees. And the reason for that is because I like to get them before they've made huge mistakes. Um, I love to get people before they make their first hire. Often I don't. Um, usually people don't want to work with an HR consultant until the house is on fire, until yeah. something is horribly wrong and, you know, they have a EEOC letter or something from the Department of Labor, that's when they want to reach out to an HR consultant. <laughs> <laughs> so um, usually what I found when I go in is people have an expectation of how they want their team to behave and how they want their culture to be, but they never truly define it and never truly set the expectations for their teams. So the only time the team hears about what's wrong is when they do something wrong. They don't hear about it going in the door. Uh, they don't hear about it on an ongoing basis. They just hear about it when something is wrong. And so often what I do is when I go in, the first thing I do is I evaluate all their policies and their structures because I want to see what is the expectation they've set. And more often than not, there isn't one they make an assumption that people are going to do things a certain way and I have to show them no you have an assumption in your head you don't have an expectation on paper and that makes all the difference it's powerful again you, you just you just creating a clarity now there's one specific word you used before in terms of behave and you say that they don't behave I mean do you do you see that some of their employees because you know when, when you say the behave I think mother and dad saying to their child, hey, behave, this is how you do it, you know? Do you feel that sometimes employers might see their, yeah, might see their employees like, hey, you gotta do this, because I'm your employer, I'm paying you. Or is it more of a, a, a shared responsibility? I mean, what, what are some of the challenges? Because again, there's that very word behave. Mm -hmm. Do you find that a lot in employers? I do. Um, I, I think that there's this big misconception that I'm giving you a job, so you have to do what I say the way I say to do it. Mm. And, you know, when you're hiring people, when you're adding people to your team, you're ch you should be choosing them based on what they will contribute based on their skills, their talents, their personality to your team. It's not about twisting them and, and making them to conform into what you are or what you want them to be and you know a lot of employers they make that mistake they think that because they are the one who's issuing the paycheck they have the control when actually what it, the mindset should be this is a partnership even though the empl employer is the leader of the ship or the the captain of the ship um it should always be thought of as a partnership because without that employee your business doesn't thrive. And without 
the job that's created or the opportunity that's created for an employee, they personally don't thrive. So it has to be considered a partnership. It can't be approached, you know, as a, a parent-child relationship. It has to be approached as a partnership. And that, I think that's the key to employing successfully. No, that's a great perspective, again, from the employer and in terms of the clarity. Now, let's talk about from the employee standpoint, right? Like, how can employees help their, her, his, his or her employer work together, you know? So let's go from that angle now. Like, what do you think some employees do that you can perhaps help them to work better or communicate better with their employers? I would say um, the number one challenge that I find with employees is a sense of entitlement. Um, and... You know, you are, when you go into a workplace, you are entitled to respect, you are entitled to clarity. Thanks so much for being on our show, Jamie. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.